BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. From acting to singing to reality TV, Kiki Palmer does it all. And now she's out with the hotly anticipated Jordan Peele film, No, in theaters July 22nd. We spoke about what it was like to work with Jordan Peele, why his films are changing so many genres, and how after Nope, Disney's Lightyear, and Legendary on HBO Max, 2022 is literally the year of Kiki Palmer. So go on, grab a snack, because I'll be right back. I was very excited when movie theaters opened back up after the pandemic started. Besides the actual movie, there are three things I look forward to most at the movie theaters. First, a movie theater hot dog and a very, very large soda, preferably one that I can refill after the film. Secondly, Nicole Kidman reminding me that heartbreak feels good in a place like this. And finally, the trailers. I love, love, love a movie trailer. And this year, there was one trailer that deserves an Oscar just for the trailer alone. Jordan Peele's Nope. I, that trailer blew me away. Like, literally, I turned to my boyfriend and said, we need to see this opening day. It is such a good trailer. So you can imagine how excited I was to chat briefly with one of the film's stars, Kiki Palmer. She's a delight and so busy in all of the best of ways. But what's great about Palmer, as you'll hear in our chat, is that she can turn an interview and make it feel like a casual conversation with a friend. Like, am I friends with Kiki Palmer now? I think I am. Which is cool, because that means I get to be friends with somebody in one of the coolest movies of the year. Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. There's another great-grandfather. But that's why, back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move, yeah, skin in the It's a bad miracle. They got work for that. Yeah, no, no, no. 
I have to tell you, when I first saw the trailer for Nope, I like if a trailer could get an Oscar, like no, that, that trailer would get an Oscar. You know what I mean? Like it was everyone was so blown away by it. how what, did you have the same reaction to the script when you got it? I did. I did. Because you know what? It was so many things. I think that's the thing, too, with the trailers is that they're two different versions. They give totally you know, two totally different tones. And when I was reading the script, um, you know, and going on that journey of just developing the the project, I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, this is, this is a lot to take in in a good way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the trailer was also a lot to take in because like I was left trying to figure out what kind of movie it even was. And then of course the new trailer, exactly. the new trailer came out and it kind of gave me more and it made me wonder like, are you into sort of like alien horror films? Like, and how is this film different from those other type of films? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm into any type of horror, honestly. I love horror. I love, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. I think what takes this away from just being, um, you know, just that kind of film is the amazing characters. And I think for me, that's like what I look for, obviously in scripts, but also just like as an audience member, when it comes to horror or thriller or suspenseful, you know, type of projects, you know, a lot of times people just take the cheap shots with it. And, and, and you know, they don't really exploit what you really can get across when you do mix horror with a great, you know, um, character or great kind of like overall theme. Um, and so I think that's what I'm just so excited for is to see for others to see how the horror elements are threaded with the actual real things that the characters are going through um and the things that are threaded throughout it, it's really awesome and, and well done in my opinion yeah and you and daniel together i never knew i needed that pairing but after, yes. after seeing it you guys are so perfect together what was it like working with daniel and just working with every with jordan with everybody on set i mean so i'll start with daniel daniel working with daniel was amazing he's a really gracious actor He's also just like a really nice person. Um, and, you know, I learned by working with him. Like he's, he really takes his time and he's easy to respond to. And he's just open to the experience. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's fun when you get in there with him and you can just play. You know what I mean? He's very huh. supportive. Um, and it's, it's just great. Um, and then I think with Jordan, Jordan is just very, um, very connected to his work in a very real way. And it's, it feels all very casual, but at the same time, very impactful. He's also um, very collaborative, even though he obviously writes it, you know, wrote the project, directed a project and casted it essentially. He yeah. is also the kind of person that leans on the people that he's working with to also be able to empower themselves. So I think he's like a real leader in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that really comes through in all of his work, I think, especially with the actors, because he knows sort of what I think you're going through in a lot of ways, you know? I would agree with that. I would agree with that totally. He, de he definitely knows, and um, it, it comes through with the way that he communicates to us. You know, I can speak personally for myself. The way he communicated to me, it just felt like I understood it in a way that maybe I don't always understand everyone else that directs me. Though I've had some really great directors, it's just different. Yeah, yeah. And I, what, the other thing that struck me about the film is that the title is inherently funny because it's such like a it's like a thing that I do in, in haunted houses when I walk through and I'm like, nope, not for me. Not doing it. <laughs> not going to. Yes, that exactly. It's exactly. very it's very that I want to know, like, can you explain in your own way how you interpret the title and like maybe how the film has that comedy element to it, even though it's not totally apparent? Yeah, I mean, well, I think 
I think the comedy element, it, you know, the way that Jordan, I think, puts it into his work or the way I interpret it in this film is that it's just the real raw response. Um, I think a lot of times things are funny in, in crazy scenarios simply because that's how our human minds process it. And so I think like when you do horror, you have the opportunity to really get a great movie because you're going to have moments of levity and lighthearted things because that's how people would deal with traumatic experiences or at least one person in the story would. You're going to get suspense and have people on the edge of their seats. And then you, you could essentially have a big dramatic arc if your characters, uh, if what your characters were experiencing could tie into an overall kind of subject matter or something, you know what I mean? Like there's really an opportunity to really just like have fun with it and make a great movie. Um, and so I think, I think Jordan always takes advantage of that. And so I think that's why when we watch something that's horror of his, we get comedy, we also get drama, we also get spooked, we get everything because a good horror can stand to be a, like one of the best movies ever. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. And I mean, in a lot of ways, I think Jordan Peele kind of single-handedly made horror, not single-handedly, but in the past few years has really elevated the genre of horror to being Oscar-worthy. I mean, literally in his yeah, case. Yeah, I mean, you know? the only other person that I know that has been able to do that is like Steven Spielberg with Jaws, you yes. know what I mean? Or, you know, you know, things like that. Like, I mean, even when I look at Titanic and that's James Cameron, it's like, that's a romance, but it's also a bit horrific. And then yeah. also is a drama, you know? So again, I think in my mind, he's right up there in that class of people where they don't just do movies, they really do cinema. Yeah, yes, exactly. It's very much that. Now, the I, I, I have a weird fear of horses. I don't know why. I think I, nothing ever happened to me as a horse other than I can- Can you hear me? I, think I can hear you, I can hear you. Okay, can you hear me? Oh, hello? Yes, now I can. Oh, oh good. It just broke okay. up for, it almost, it almost broke up, and now you're back. Oh, good, I'm back. I'm glad to be back. Um, horses terrify me. Uh, there's <laughs> horses, horses, like, there's something about a horse. I don't know if maybe, when I was a kid, I think I was too fat to sit on a pony, and maybe I've been scarred ever since, but I- Hilarious. There's something about horses that terrify me. So I want to know, were you terrified of the horses? And, like, what was it like training to ride these horses? Because you really ride these horses. Yeah, so, you know, I don't, without saying too much, I'll say I wasn't afraid and my experience and relationship with the horse throughout the film was, you know, definitely comparable to what I could handle. Daniel, maybe it's a different story, excuse me, different story. Uh, um, but yeah, I just really love being able to, man, I was almost going to tell you something that happened. I don't know how much I don't can tell <laughs> You know what, I, I don't know if they, hold on one second. Hold on, give me one second. Sure, you're sure. Okay, I just realized I can't reveal that to you. But what I will say is that I'm not afraid of horses. And I was excited at the fact that we were going to see some Black people with horses. Because that's not something you see all the time. Yeah, that's something I wanted to ask you about. Because it really, I mean, it really st stood out to me. There, of course, the history of, of Westerns in Hollywood. And like, you know, the, the, that's where really horses pop up and stuff. But you don't really see a lot of just in general non-white people working with horses in this way. What, I mean... Did that stand out to you as something that was particularly interesting about this? Yes, and I think that's also purposeful. Again, like I think Jordan, you know, when people when people think about Get Out or think about Jordan's work initially, you know, they can sometimes probably zero in on, oh, is this a think piece on blackness? And I think more than anything is, you know, his work definitely has element of think think pieces, but they're not 
always on blackness. His choice to put black people in the lead is just based off of just, you know, his perspective of who he writes about or, or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, who he sees as starring in his films and essentially normalizing black people just being in the lead just because, not because there's some overarching gag as to why they're the lead and how yeah. it attaches to them being black. And so I think that is definitely like, I would assume is his point with having black people with a horse is just, this is a storyline and it definitely exists. You know, the first uh, stunt man and actor all rolled into one was a black man riding a horse, you know, and, and, he, and that's mentioned in the film. And so I think his point is just to continue to the narrative of black people being in spaces that they've always been in. Although we've not always been represented in those spaces. We, we have always existed there. Yeah, I mean, even in just in sort of horror thriller films, like you don't see a lot of non-white leads in these films. And it's really, I mean, and even just seeing the trailer, it's just so refreshing that like, it seems so authentic and organic and interesting. And and it's just, and seeing you in it is so exciting because you have a connection with with audiences in a different way than Daniel and Jordan does because we've grown up with you in a lot of ways. I mean, oh, wow, thank you. So seeing you in this, it, no, but it, I mean it, it's it's a, when I saw the trailer, I thought, oh, Kiki's getting an Oscar. Kiki's doing something. Kiki's, <laughs> Kiki is growing up. Kiki <laughs> is growing up. And it really excited me because of course I, you know, cheer for you and love you. And well, I, I've been a fan of yours for a long time, but it's also, you must feel that in the selections you've made in these past few years, both with Nope and a bunch of other projects you've done, you seem to be elevating in a way that you're growing as an actor in a lot of ways. Do you feel that? I totally do. And I think even more importantly, my, the material that I have access to is also like just substantially uh, progressed as well. Not to show any disrespect to my work prior, because I, I'm very proud of all my work. But yeah. I think, you know, again, there's, you know, there's only one Jordan Peele. You know, there's only one Disney Pixar. There's yeah. only, you know, so to now, you know, to have evolved to the place where the variety of who I get to work with um, is at this level, I think it's only going to bring the best out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it is sort of when you were when you were sort of coming up and, and being a child actor and sort of doing what everything you had done previously. It's rare to see a child actor succeed in the way that you have succeeded. You know, what I mean, not many can say that they have. There's Drew Barrymore, there's Jodie Foster, but particularly even non-white women, there aren't a lot of non-white child stars that succeed later in life. And it's, you're doing it. You're really personifying that in a lot of ways. And you're in this unique space. And I want to know if there's, was anybody when you were coming up, when you were a child actor that you looked to for inspiration for the way that you could navigate yourself? Sure. I looked at like, um, obviously not all these people are in my era, but like my mom would talk a lot about like Judy Garland Mm -hmm. or Sammy Davis Jr. Um, Obviously I grew up loving and knowing Queen Latifah as well as admiring Jamie Foxx and people like that. And so I always kind of, you know, looked and found people that did multiple things, or I just always was attracted to people that did multiple things. And that in turn, I think is what allowed me to feel very confident in doing multiple things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And it really, it really reads that way. Um, I do have to, because this is kind of the year of Kiki in a lot of ways, because you have both you have this, of course, nope. And then you have the the light year coming out as well. And you had legendary. I mean, you're all over the place this year, which is exciting for someone like me who enjoys to watch you. What thank what, you. I want to know about Toy Story first. Like, what was it like joining the Toy Story franchise with Lightyear? And 
what sort of role, because I know Toy Story has been in my life since I was a child and I, it's it's defined so much of, I think, my animation viewing. What was Toy Story, what kind of impact did Toy Story have on you? Um, I just, you know, I remember Toy Story just kind of being one of those things that I always knew of. You know what I'm saying? It was just like a project that I don't remember the first time that I watched it. I just remember that I always knew it existed. And I feel like it impacted me in terms of just like always looking at things uh, like uh, more than what they what meets the eye. You know what I mean? I think as a kid, it kind of came apart as, oh, you know, every time I turn the lights off, I'm going to try to see if my, you know, animals, I mean, my animals, excuse me, my, my toys come to life. You know, but I think even though that's like what's on the surface that's being said or what Pixar was expressing, I think more importantly, what they were actually expressing through that metaphor was for children to be creative, for them to explore in a dream space, in a dream world and imagine things that, you know, may or may not be there, but they're all up to what you decide to imagine. And I think for me, that was something that I really embraced. Like, I really, I really believe that, yeah, things can mean more than what meets the eye, you know, and that just those thoughts really break through um, creativity for children. Yeah, yeah, you really feel that. Although it's kind of amazing that like Pixar is able to turn toys coming to life into a fun thing because in reality, that would actually be terrifying. Like, think about that. <laughs> if your toy just started talking to you. Exactly, it's true, it's true. Pixar can, I mean, I mean, Disney Pixar actually does that a lot where they take a terrifying event or, or something that could otherwise be terrifying or bad and make it a lesson for kids, you know, help kids process it. And they really trust the kids uh, with being able to process those kinds of things. And I think it, I think it actually does really well. Yeah, yeah. And so I just have two more questions for you. So Legendary, it was so exciting to see you as a judge on Legendary this year. It's such a great show on HBO Max. And I wanted to I wanted to know what, like, how much fun was it to do the show, first off? And wh why was it important for you to to join the, the judging panel on Legendary? Well, I mean, I love to join it because, obviously, I mean, I, I always wanted to go to a ball. But they're not that easy to get into. You got to mm -hmm. really know, 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 know. Mm -hmm. And I know some queens, honey, but I haven't been invited to a ball yet. So I was like, I'm going to get the opportunity to go to a ball. And I'm actually going to be a part of this, you know, world in this competition and be able to actually be, a, you know, a seat at the table and be a judge. I want to make sure that I'm on point. You know what I mean? I want to make sure I'm giving constructive criticism to the kids. And so I was just honored to be in the space. Um, and then also, again, it's iconic. You know what I'm saying? I remember the first time that I watched Paris is Burning. I remember, you know what I mean? Just like wanting to be a part of that world in that era. And, and also, I mean, that, that's that's my crowd. So it all felt very at home. Yeah, for sure. And it, it definitely read that way, too. Now, my last question for you is you have the most sort of um, viral, I guess, social media presence in that when you post something, it tends to just go everywhere. Like even yesterday, you posted a video as it was this recording yesterday, you posted a video <laughs> of of you telling, you know, if people don't applaud you when when you have success, then they're not worthy in your lives. And that's so true. And we need it. You're almost like a you're like doing Super Soul Sundays every day on your Instagram in a way, which I love. What, <laughs> you are hilarious. I mean, but it's true. I'm, I'm total truth. Like, what, how do you, because so much of celebrities' Instagrams and social medias are so curated in a way that it sometimes seems sterile, but yours is quite the opposite of that. What, what, what do you try to convey in your social media with your audience? How do you try to connect with your audience through your social media? 
Yeah, um, I think I try to connect with them through, again, I think what we're talking about with Disney Pixar or what we talk about, like, even, you know, with just the different creatives that I love to work with. Like, I think I love using humor to talk about things that I want to talk about. And I, I can be kind of a dramatic person inside my mind. But the way that it comes out is very, like, humorous. And I know that humor is a good way for us to laugh, like, laugh at the things that scare us or that worry us or that offend us. And so I think I use humor on my social media to be able to talk about things that I really want to talk about or express concepts and, and themes and be able to also create and entertain. I think it's also a, a place of freedom for me coming from the traditional, um, you know, world of, of this industry. Yeah. I was able to have freedom to talk or to share uh, my art in a way that I would have been limited, uh, you know, to like kind of have to go through someone else in order to be able to do that. So yeah. now I can kind of just do it on my own dime and get straight to my audience and my fans. So I use it for many different things. I use it to, 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 to have fun, to say something, but to hopefully, you know, for it to be more than anything entertaining, um, but hopefully a little takeaway at the same time, as well as uh, create and be able to kind of get behind the camera and, um, you know, show people what I can do outside of being, uh, talent. Yeah, and really just show, show your personality in a lot of ways. I mean, I like like you know when I was a kid growing up, and and Queen Latifah was on in movies and on television and had a talk show. I was just like she was my everything, and I wanted to be a talk show host like her. And I feel like you're the same thing. You're going, you're doing the same thing Queen Latifah did, but obviously in the modern day in 2022, it's kind of amazing to watch. Thank you so much. I love Queen, so I appreciate that. Harrison. Of course. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. And, and yeah, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much. This was very enjoyable. Are you going to see Nope? You should, because it's really good. Let me know. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, please leave a little rating and review and share it on social media. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun and have a great day.